I would like to welcome Integrity Commissioner Suzanne Craig to present her formal investigative report and global findings in response to complaints she received regarding Trustee Donna Blackburn, Trustee Donna Dixon, and Trustee Neely Kaplan-Mirth in accordance with Board Member Code of Conduct Policy P.073.gov. .gov. That's what it sounded like this past December 19th when trustees with the Ottawa-Carleton District School Board voted nearly unanimously to censure one of their own, Dr. Neely Kaplan-Mirth, for violating the Board's Code of Conduct. The high-profile Ottawa doctor is now banned from taking part in the school board's regular monthly meeting tonight. She was also kicked off five school board committees until the end of March. I mean, she can attend and listen in as a civilian, but she can't speak or vote. Kaplan Mirth maintains she hasn't done anything criminal. Just call out anti-Semitism and silence from her colleagues at the school board over her personal situation. As we've reported before here at the CJN, she's been getting tons of hateful emails, vicious attacks on social media, and also some physical threats, so much so that the board drew up a special safety plan for her, although since October 7th, Kaplan Mirth feels it's much too risky to come in. The Integrity Commissioner's report acknowledged Kaplan Mirth's scary situation and said staff need better equity training on what it's like to be a Jewish person. But it was critical of how dysfunctional the school board has become. At issue are some of her comments she made to other trustees when they were all debating her call to bring back masks in schools. At that November meeting, the doctor texted a trustee, Donna Dixon, who is black, that Dixon should have voted to bring in the mask mandate. Otherwise, she was, quote, siding with white supremacists. When another trustee, Donna Blackburn, shot back that Kaplan Mirth had no business attacking a black person, Kaplan Mirth took this as an anti-Semitic attack on her because it says all white people have privilege and can't possibly be victims of oppression too. Despite the ban, Dr. Kaplan Mirth is fighting back. She thinks the code of conduct issue is being weaponized against her because she's been shining a spotlight on the equity problems inside the Ottawa School Board. This is me just literally doing my job for a year and being relentlessly attacked. And then when I turn to my colleagues to stand up as allies for me, the same as I did for them. I get back worse than nothing. I get back being told that I'm making them feel uncomfortable. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, January the 30th, 2024. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Dr. Neely Kaplan-Mirth is the only Jewish trustee among the 12 members of the Ottawa-Carleton District School Board. She came to prominence long before she was elected, though, during the COVID pandemic. She was an early and fierce advocate for stronger public policies on COVID, including mandatory masking and easier access to vaccinations. She did a lot of tweeting on social media about it, and that spotlight made her a target for plenty of online hate just because she was a woman, as well as being a Jewish one. The hate continued after she took office in November 2022. It colored her very public clash with a couple of other school trustees about wearing masks in schools. The other two were not sanctioned, although their behavior did come in for some criticism by the Integrity Commissioner. In the last few weeks, 
Dr. Neely Kaplan-Mirth's lawyer, Mark Fryman, has gone to court to ask for a judicial review of the school board's sanctions. The whole issue is now back on the school board agenda for tonight, including whether the sanctions are even legal and should be lifted until the courts rule. I reached Dr. Neely Kaplan-Mirth recently to find out how her fight with the school board is going and what it's costing her. And joining us now from Ottawa is Dr. Neely Kaplan-Mirth. Welcome to the CJN Daily again. It's good to see you. Thank you. You too. Tell me what you're not allowed and permitted to do in terms of your school trustee activities at the moment. I mean, right now, I'm um, I'm not allowed to go to just the next board meeting and I'm not allowed to um, participate in some committees uh, for three months. Um, and um, and that's because I called out anti-Semitism. And um, I think that's a familiar story for many Jews around the world right now, just in terms of our colleagues and others not understanding what it is when we say um, that, you know, silence is complicity or when we say that um, something that has been said is uh, extremely um, discriminatory. It's my unfortunate experience that um, for the last year I've been the subject of death threats and harassment because I'm a Jew, um, specifically targeting me as a Jew. And, And this all um, predated October 7th, people threatening to kill me and also to gas my family and other things. Because of the work that I've done as a school board trustee, as well as the work that I've done as a physician. And um, and while all of that was happening, I was turning to my colleagues and saying, you know, hey, I like I got a threat that if I show up at this school board meeting, I will be shot. And um, rather than even expressing empathy or concern of any kind. Um, I was met with silence repeatedly and also with people dismissing the anti-Semitism and saying, if I don't want to be threatened, I should stop speaking. On social media was the idea. Get off Twitter, get off social media. Yeah, because because the thing is that like whether I'm on social media or not, I get the death threats and the harassment via email. Those emails are sent to my um, trustee account and they're also sent to my personal account. I get mail to my office. I get phone calls to my office. I've reported more than 25 hate crimes to the Ottawa Police Hate Crimes Unit. And we've charged two people for for that anti-Semitic hate. But like even from the moment that I said that I was going to run as a school trustee, there was a study done of the municipal elections in in 2022 because I, I was elected November of 2022. I started as a trustee. And from the time that I said that I was um, running, I was receiving anti-Semitic threats. People were defacing um, my signs, delivering anti-Semitic pamphlets to homes that had my election signs. Um, so that's not social media. That's real life. That's 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 people in Ottawa targeting me. And and then the people who we've um, charged uh, with the criminal harassment, that's not social media. That's like phoning my office and saying things that I can't repeat on this podcast that, you know, are, are really very um, uh, horrendous, vile things. And they don't live in Ottawa, but they do live in um, Ontario and British Columbia. So, right. We were aware that there was a, a couple of uh, yeah news so, stories yeah. that we covered in December. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, there was also somebody in Montreal. So these are real people not having to do with anything that I say or do on social media. Um, there was a uptick in anti-Semitic hate directed at me after I put forward the motion to have a Jewish equity coach to deal with the anti-Semitism that families were experiencing in schools. 
And uh, that motion passed, which was great. But um, but, you know, families and um, also Jewish educators have continued to experience horrible anti-Semitism. And post October 7th, that's a lot worse. And one of the grounds of the complaint against me was that I unmuted myself and said that a, pers a person calling me a white woman was um, being anti-Semitic, uh, which it, like absolutely was. And that's something that maybe non-Jews don't understand, but um, she was disqualifying me as a member of an equity-seeking group because of the color of my skin, which she could not have done if I were an Indigenous woman with the same color skin or any other member of an equity-seeking group with the same color of skin. It wouldn't be about my skin color. It would be about my experience of trauma and discrimination. It's also, you know, one of the accusations against me is that I spoke um publicly about um, information that was shared by the school board to um, to an sort of non-mainstream media organization that has been um, petitioning right. to rebel media. Yeah. The school board had them take down a petition that because it through change.org, because it, specifically it was fueled by hate. It was anti-Semitic and it was also anti-trans um, because I've stood up for trans rights as well. You know, knowing that that there are groups that are organized to cause me harm and then giving those same organizations information about, you know, through access to information requests without warning me puts me in danger. And it was about my safety plan specifically. And okay, I need to just slow down for a second because there's a lot to unpack and our yeah. listeners may not have followed all the details the way we yeah. have and the way you have. So let me just let me just take a pause. So they're not happy that it makes them look bad. They're not happy that you are, a, you know, a, a, a thorn in their side. Uh, and then there's the code of conduct rules, which they found that you, but not the other two trustees breached. Bottom line is, are you getting paid or you're not getting paid? Was your salary also part oh, of this? Right. Yeah. I don't know if I'm paid or not. I, I, I actually, I have no idea. I don't think there was any mention of that, but I don't, I don't really care either way. Um, you know, it's not my day job. The process, this whole code of conduct process um, has made it look as though I'm a criminal. Like I've literally done nothing at all criminal um, in any way. There was an article in the Kingston wig in which um, they talked about, I think Oprah Winfrey years ago, um, was actually called out for for doing the same thing for for referring to Jews as as white and disqualifying um, the um, experience of racism and discrimination that Jews experience. So you know none of that should be beyond the understanding of my colleagues. I mean, from from the perspective of discrimination, from the perspective of you know the 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 double standard that was undeniably you know an issue at the um when they made their decision about me but they you know have sanctioned me for speaking with media but not the other two trustees who were speaking to media specifically with the intent of causing me harm um whereas i was speaking to media to say hey like this whole process you know shouldn't be happening it's a, it's an abuse of the code of conduct process um like they are just doubling down on this kind of orwellian model of silencing the person who's discriminated against and i and because it's not an actual court i'm not allowed to to speak i'm not allowed to defend myself so that's why one of the one of the accusations against me you know they find me guilty for unmuting myself unmuting myself on a point of personal privilege to say i object that was just anti-semitic um 
sorry, that's not an egregious crime. Like, that's not a reason to remove me from committees. You know, they say, well, this is about her behavior. What behavior? What they're talking about is my speaking publicly about anti-Semitism. And, you know, I think, like, I, I have seen Jews across Canada and around the world talking about being tone policed in terms of what is anti-Semitism, being tone policed in terms of being being told that, oh, we're just using the, you know, the Jew card or whatever, like, you know, what, I'm sorry, but like, there is no more straightforward anti-Semitism than that. And I am also Israeli. Um, they know that, my colleagues, but I haven't talked about Israel publicly. Like it is, this is not about post-October 7th, my having um, done anything. And I like, I'm, I'm not um, exaggerating to say I avoid mostly all interactions with my colleagues over the last year have been me quietly arriving moments before a meeting is going to start. I sit down, I participate, participate in the meeting and I and I immediately afterwards leave because it's not safe for me to be there physically when people are saying that they're going to shoot me at meetings. And right. you had protesters that had to limit the amount. You know, yes. this happened before October 7th. This was a big story for the last few years, the DEI and how yes. Jews were not welcome in DEI circles. And this is nothing yes. new. What do you make of the fact that this fight is still going on and how is it at all amplified by what's happened since October 7th. Here's the thing that really shifted for me. And I think this is what's most upsetting, what's heartbreaking, what is just um, discouraging for me is that until October 7th, like I, so I, I define myself as somebody who's progressive. I stand up for um, social justice. I stand up for um, gay rights, lesbian rights, trans rights. I stand up for indigenous rights. I stand up for black uh, lives. I do all of my work to like as a physician and as a trustee to champion um, people's rights to be whoever they are, whatever their religion is, their sexuality, their gender identity, their disability. And in doing that, I am the subject of harassment for like, like I, like I mentioned, when I stood up for trans rights, I then got emails, phone calls, letters telling me that they're going to kill me because I'm a Jew and because I support trans rights. And because I'm a physician, I also got all the anti-vax and anti-mask stuff. So then what changed on October 7th is that um, my progressive colleagues saw me as the bad guy and it doesn't matter that I have stood up for every single other person. When push comes to shove, all of a sudden, um, you know, the same progressives who wanted um, support and where I would absolutely, without a moment's hesitation, stand up and say, yes, you know, equity, diversity, inclusivity, like we need to champion that. The same people will cross the room to vote against me because I'm saying, but hold on a second. When people call me a dirty Jew, that's not okay. It's not surprising. I mean, my Bibians 80 are Holocaust survivors, and they they said, like, you never know, you never know which of your neighbors is gonna turn you in. And you know, but I grew up in Toronto and I've 
you know, I'm 49 years old and I have never experienced the kind of anti-Semitism that I've experienced in the last few years and particularly in the last year. And now post-October 7th to realize that I don't have any allies is devastating. So I don't regret that I, that I stepped up to be a school trustee. People asked me to do it and I, I'm happy to do it for the same reason that I'm a physician. Like, I think it's really important to support public education. I think it's really important to support children. They should all be able to thrive in school. But I do regret that I naively believed that I would be safe as a Jew. And I, you know, there are lots of trolls and voices out there. Oh, we don't dislike you because you're a Jew. We just dislike you. We don't like your personality. What they don't like about my personality is that I speak confidently so part partly that's also misogynist um but they don't like that i keep that and that i have continued to say don't you dare attack me as a jew i have not fully figured out what that means going forward for me politically i naively believed that all you know standing up against all racism and all discrimination was um was the goal and it's but nobody will stand up for a jew welcome right. to the discovery of every other progressive left person that's like okay this we were wrong and now we have to move on yeah how what work are you able to do uh, for your constituents as a trustee is there anything that you can still do like answer letters oh. uh talk to teachers I whatever I can actually still be there for my constituents like if they write to me i'm not barred from interacting with my constituents in any way but here, here's the sad reality is that because of all the threats, like I assumed that as a trustee, I would hold, you know, coffee hours or something and I would interact with my constituents and I would go to schools and I would do all these things. And because of it's been unsafe to do so because people have threatened to kill me, I have not been able to do that. You know, but then I've spoken to um, a member of parliament who said to me that just as a woman and she's not Jewish, but as a woman, she can't go to her constituency office because um, because of so many um, threats in terms of her safety. And she also can't walk down the street so she can work in parliament because she has good security in parliament, but she can't, you know, and like, what does this even mean for politics? Because what good person in their right mind would go into this job? I would not recommend it. And they are pushing out people. And I'm not a career politician. And that's part of why I just say the things that my constituents ask me to say. And I speak really um, more bluntly than, you know, politicians who are just trying to make allegiances with other politicians or whatever. Like, that's not what I'm there for. I don't, I, I don't plan to um, run ever again. I'm a physician who stepped up to do this extra uh, sort of civic duty and it's miserable, you know, and I have seen the pattern of other progressives have been also called out, not just in Ottawa, but across Ontario through code of conduct processes, silenced for speaking. And I mean, to me, that's not okay. My son and I were speaking uh, yesterday about, you know, how do we, how do we trust people post October 7th and how do we feel safe? And, and I was thinking about, you know, how my grandparents survived the Holocaust and they left and they're the rest, you know, my grandfather's entire family stayed and they were killed in Poland. And I would have been one of the scrappy people who either would have escaped or would have been organizing some form of resistance. And that's the personality that the OCDSB doesn't like. So what did you tell him? What did you tell him? Your son? So so I said, I said, like, you know, this this is where like we need 
we need to understand, and, and this is really sad, but we need to understand that what my Bobby and Zadie said is true. We can't trust. We have to always be making sure that we have a, an exit plan. That's intergenerational trauma, but it's also the truth. And, and that's really hard. And it's my experience of this anti-Semitism at the OCDSB being dismissed, disqualified, and then me being punished for speaking is just, it's just kind of like, yeah, it's Orwellian. It's really not surprising. It's kind of what the world is in, in 2024. And, and so, I mean, you know, I don't want my son to have to live his entire life worrying about whether his neighbors are going to turn him in. But also, when people that you admire or like or work with or trust suddenly turn around and lash out at you for speaking about anti-Semitism, I mean, it's just a dose of reality. It's like that is actually the world that we do live in. How do your kids and your family navigate what's been happening to you? Yeah. So my husband and my kids have been supportive of me throughout. My husband has had to ferry me back and forth to meetings to be there because I can't be on my own. I no longer walk to work on my own. Uh, my two sons are grown up. My daughter is, is still in high school, but the whole family has, has felt the stress of um, this sudden realization that um, we are seen as dirty Jews by people who weren't allowed to say that before or didn't say it before in the way, you know, like that, that yeah. feels like this is where society just feels like, like people think that they can just be so horrible. Now yeah. in Ottawa, there was a city councilor who had sexually abused people and he was allowed to continue working. Right. Ferelli. So yeah. We know about yeah. that. So anyway, it feels like everything's yeah. upside down. And the reason I've refused to resign is because we shouldn't be able to be pushed out I have lots of people who do support me and, and the, you know, thousands of people who voted for me, they wanted me there to, to be the voice that I've been, but, but it's a huge, um, it's a huge uh, burden for, for me and for my family. And, mm. uh, and I say like, I would never do it again. And now like, how can I, as a Jew go back and interact with a group of colleagues who have just said that I am, I am, you know, a badly behaved person for calling it anti-Semitism. I didn't embarrass them. They embarrassed themselves. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. If you want to read the Integrity Commissioner's long report, you can. I've put the link to it in our show notes. It did reprimand Kaplan Mirth, but it also recommended the school board needs to do a better job of protecting her. The report also recommended hiring a mediator to help the trustees learn to work together and deal with their own dysfunction and distrust. By the way, the job of a school trustee pays $16,000 a year. We'll report back on what happens next. Thanks for listening to the CJN Daily. Mm-hmm.